Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Nordic Football Podcast 2019, and we're right into the start of the season. This week, we're going to be busy doing bringing you season previews for both the Norwegian Elitaserien and Swedish Alsvenskan. We're starting with the Elitaserien preview podcast in this show. So, you're joining me, Steve Wiss, and my co-producer, Jonathan Fadukba. How are you, my friend? Hi, Stephen. Hi to everyone. Thank you for joining us. Welcome to season three of the Nordic Football Podcast. Delighted to be back for another season and really excited about the campaigns ahead in Norway and Sweden. Another season of Scandinavian football is here. It's nearly springtime. The, the, sun, is, uh, the sun is out slightly uh, longer than it is in the winter months and we're back and looking forward to the months ahead. Um, how are you, Steve? Yeah, really good, thanks. Looking forward to the season ahead as well. So, uh, well, Nordic Football Podcast. Um, for those who have listened to us before, then welcome back. Uh, for anyone new out there, well, I suppose it's uh, time we uh, kind of told you what exactly we're all about. And uh, we've got a little bit of information for those listeners there, John. Yeah, I think it's only right at this point in the season, uh, the start of the campaign, for those maybe who have not listened to the podcast before and I'm aware we've had a... a swelling in our following recently on uh, Twitter uh, at Nordic Football Pod. So we've had a lot more users listening, um, uh, sorry, a lot more followers recently. So we wanted to give you a bit of background about ourselves before we kick off this new season. So yeah, I wanted to um, introduce my co-host, uh, Steve Wiss. He is an expert in the field of uh, Norwegian football, uh, a sports betting analyst and the co-founder of the football podcast. Uh, he it covers a variety of leagues in Europe, but has a predominant interest in MLS, uh, Norway and France, and a particular eye on Norway, uh, which is what led us to begin this podcast. Um, myself, uh, my background, both of us are UK-based football analysts. Uh, we have over 10 years of experience in football, and myself, I'm a football consultant and European scout, and the founder and editor of the world football website, Just Football, uh, just-football.com. Uh, the website has been established and it's been going for over 10 years. And both of us keep databases of the Osvenskan and Elite Serien. Uh, we have a detailed knowledge of players um, in, in the leagues, uh, tactical setups, uh, and almost geeky interest in the, the team strengths for the leagues, uh, which we used to sort of share between us individually, privately. Um, <clears throat> and then three years ago or so, uh, we decided, well, why don't we just put this knowledge into a podcast? Um, and here we are, it's rapidly gained popularity. Uh, every week we analyze the big games, uh, we discuss news, we have a talent focus, uh, which looks at players to watch. We've also had big interviews in the past. We've interviewed coaches in Sweden and Norway in the last few uh, seasons, including Michael Jolly, who's now at Grimsby Town, Ian Birchner, who's now at Ostersunds, uh, Axel Kjell, the manager of Audeblor, uh, players such as Jamie Hopcutt at Ostersunds, Tony Ordinas, and many more, and we'll be bringing you more exclusive interviews this season um, throughout the campaign. So really delighted to um, be back. And in fact, we have a little surprise or present uh, announcement to make shortly for you, a uh, short announcement for you that we'll also be this year uh, delighted to be partnering with uh, Scout. And yeah, we're delighted to announce that we've concluded a, a, a season-long partnership with Scout. And for those of you who don't know, it's one of the leading uh, scouting and analysis platforms in the world. Um, and so, yeah, we've, 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 we'll be bringing you and using their sort of stats to add to our own content. 
Uh, we'll be writing exclusively for Wisecout about Norway, uh, well, not exclusively, but we'll be writing about Norwegian and Swedish football uh, for the Wisecout platform, we're writing our own blogs every month. Um, so, yeah, Steve, uh, I'm quite excited about that platform. Are you? Are you? Very, very excited. Um, Wisecout, obviously, a well known platform out there uh, for statistics, uh, player profiles, footage, everything. And uh, you know, I think it will enable certainly this podcast to move uh, to the next level in terms of analysis and, you know, enable us to reach even even higher depth. So, yeah, very excited um, about that. Um, it, it's really good news for us, isn't it? It is indeed. And delighted to be partnering with Wisecout. So follow them at Wisecout and follow us at Nordic Foot Pod for, um, throughout the season. Just for those who don't know, perhaps uh, Wisecout is the leading world-leading football platform uh, for professionals to keep track of performances of players. Um, and so for anyone who wants to improve the game by learning from the best, the Wisecout platform and Wisecout app are the tools for you. So wisecout.com if you wanted to learn more. And as I mentioned, we'll be writing uh, regular columns for them throughout the season on Norwegian and Swedish football analysis and in Scandinavia in general. We also covered a game in Finland um, a few podcasts ago and we will be bringing you some more Finnish and Danish content throughout this season. Um, but our predominant focuses will continue to be Sweden and Norway. So catch us on Wisecout as well as the podcast. Yeah, just one other thing I need to mention before we get into this Elite Serien season preview. Um, we are still on Patreon. Indeed, and uh, yeah, for the I mean the Patreon, as most people know by now, what Patreon is, it's a it's a kind of a crowdfunding platform where you're allowed to um, support independent media or independent shows or things like that. If you would like to support us uh, financially this season, we do have three tiers of um, uh, monthly donations that you can give. But anyway, we will remain a free show, entirely free to listen to and download. So don't forget to subscribe and download the podcast and leave reviews. And now we're going to get into it. It's time to get into the season preview uh, 2019 for the Elita Serien. Now, Steve. Uh, Steve has been researching this quite quite extensively and, and as knowledgeable man as he is. But I have a few little things I want to pick up on as we start the show. I wanted to talk about a general overview. Um, so we're going to look at, firstly, the transfer uh, window and the general expenditure. And I found it really interesting to note, Steve, uh, as we kick off this, this section, that um, clubs, there's only three clubs in the entire league have spent any money in the winter window. Those are Rosenborg, who have spent £360,000, uh, Mulder, who have spent a whopping £2.3 million, and Sarpsborg, who have spent £320,000. So only three teams out of 16 in the entire league have spent any money. Uh, the first question, I guess, to you, Steve, is does that surprise you at all? No, not at all. Uh, in fact, if you actually look at the teams who have spent money, well, Mulder is splashing the cash because they got five million for Erling Braut Haaland from Salzburg, uh, of course. Um, and uh, Sarpsborg sold a couple of players, I think, for over a million pounds in total. And Rosenborg are just the, you know, they're the biggest club with the best finances anyway. Uh, but to, re to put it simply, uh, John, uh, some clubs just, I mean, they don't even have a pot to piss in. It's it, that's the state of the finances um, in, in this league. It's not great. Um, it's a sad state of affairs, but uh, there you go. Yeah, and it's a, I mean, of, uh, of all the teams, Mulder have spent the biggest fees. Uh, in fact, they spent the four biggest transfer fees of the window. We'll come on to Mulder shortly, but that's a, an interesting uh, statistic there. The other thing I wanted to point out is that expenditure this year in the in the overall window 
has been three million in total, three million and sixty-four thousand pounds. Uh, but the income from teams selling players is eleven point three million in total. Uh, as Steve has mentioned, there, Erling Braut Haaland made roughly four million of that. Uh, then there's other players like Tobias Heinz, who uh, was sold for seven hundred twenty thousand uh, pounds to a Turkish team. John Huaseta was nine hundred thousand uh, pounds. Isam Jabali as well went to a uh, Saudi Arabian team, I believe. So. If we look at it, Steve, before we get into the team-by-team team, uh, previews and, and get your predictions for the season, this is a league really where £8 million worth of value has gone out of the league. So really, it's, it's, a, team, it's a league that's getting weaker, isn't it, Steve? Does that concern you at all? It does concern me an awful lot. I mean, I've followed this league since 2005, 2006, way back. I feel like an old man, actually, in some ways now, in that way. Um and, you know, back then, you know, a decade ago, there was a lot more quality in the Norwegian league. Um, and it has generally, it's got worse. Uh, the quality has gradually been slipping out of the division. Of course, you get a little rays of light in little gems every now and then. But overall, yeah, this is a league that is, you know, it's, it's struggled in terms of quality in the last few years. Yeah, that's disappointing to see. And I guess in those sort of situations... Um... It's about trying to make its own value, I guess, developing players, bringing in um, younger talents maybe that they can then sell on. It's a shame when you see a, t a league losing value. Just as a final point before we get into it, apparently, according to Transfermarkt again, the most valuable player in the league this season as it stands is Berger Melling at 1.35 million value for Rosenborg there. So anyone disagrees that Berger Melling is the most valuable or best player in the league, feel free to tweet us at NordicFootPod. Steve, it's time to get into it now, my friend. Look at your predictions. And we're going to get into it and start with the top of the league and, and uh, who will challenge for the title. Last season, we didn't even bother looking at the um, champions. We went straight to look at who would finish second. It seemed that inevitable that Rosenborg would win the title, which they did by roughly five points. However, and looking at your prediction for this season, it looks like there may be a change in the win this season, Steve. So take it away with the first uh, team we want to talk about. Your prediction for the league title, please. Yeah, I'm going to stick my neck out here and say Mulder will win the title. Um, they are second favourites with the bookies. So it wouldn't be a complete shock if they did uh, beat Rosenborg to this crown. Uh, I see it as a two-way battle for the gold medal. Uh, I don't think there'll be much in it. And the title might even be decided by the two head-to-head -head matches between the two sides. But... Um, I look at Mulder, I look at who they've lost. Yeah, Erling Brat Haaland, big name. But he really, really had an impact for probably the second half of the season. He didn't. It's not like he was a consistent for 30 games for them, scoring ridiculous amounts of goals. Yes, it would have been great if they could have kept him. But, um, you know, I think they've done well. They've replaced him with, with players. Um, Uri Omoyewanfo's come in from Starbeck. Eirik Ulland-Anderson, Erling Kuntzen. Um, and then at the back, they've also signed a couple of good defenders. So, you know, the only other real loss is, is perhaps Baba Kassar, who was a strong physical defender slash defensive midfielder and also a bit of a naughty boy, but um, off the field, that is. But, um, yeah, I think overall, Mulder have got the... Um, they've signed well, they've got the squad depth. Probably the only big question mark is obviously in the managerial department where there are some doubts at the moment. Yeah, and it's interesting that you have them to win the title, uh, given their managerial situation. Uh, for those who don't know, I mean, you must be living under a rock if you don't, if you like football and don't know what's going on there. But uh, 
Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, obviously, is a manager who is technically still under contract at Molde, I believe, but has been, you know, sort of essentially loaned out to Manchester United and, and has done very well there to the point that he is now the favourite for the managerial post on a permanent basis. How would that affect Molde in terms of your prediction for them to win the title? And who would be the replacement if Solskjaer was to leave? Yeah, alone with an option to buy by the sounds of it. Um, well, Erling Murray is the... Uh, the current man in charge, temporary boss. He was in charge of them in 2015 for half a season. So it's not like he, uh, he he's unfamiliar with the job. I don't think it affects too much. Solskjaer started so well at Man United that I think anyone associated with Mulder was, was almost expecting him to go to be, you know, to leave uh, by maybe the end of, end of January. It was a realistic chance that he was never going to come back. So I'm sure they've got uh, measured in place to prepare for his uh, Departure. Um, I personally think Moe would probably get the job for the rest of the season. But, you know, whoever they want to bring in, they've got the finances and the money, they can bring in a really good candidate. So I, I'd rather look at the players in in this instance, John. And they've got the players on on paper. You know, anyone could really come in and, and, and challenge for the title with this uh, with this squad. And I mean, are they just spending because of the Brett Harlan money or is this sort of um, a financial injection that they've had? Uh, they generally tend to sort of have quite a large turnover of the squad, don't they? I think in the in the last window as well, they brought in a, a number of players. Um, what's the financial situation at Molde in that sense? Are they a team that generally tends to spend, or is, is this outlay over the summer before the tra- biggest transfers of the whole window um, for one club? Does that surprise you at all? I think obviously they've got money from the Brat Haaland deal, which is a big part of it. They're quite a big club anyway uh, in, in, in Norway, so they've got resources as it stands. Um, it's about how they've used that money wisely. I mean, for example, I've talked on this podcast many times how, how they really have struggled in that right-back department um, in the last few years. They've now got Christopher Harold's side, who's coming from Augustin, who looks a really smart signing. They've got Martin Bjornback, who's come from Buda Glimt, who was brilliant last year uh, for, for Glimt. And, and they, it seems like they've, they've looked at the elite area and they've said, All right, who's done really well in this league in the last couple of years? And they've signed players from within the league who, are, who have really dominated it, like Uwe, Eric uh, and Anderson. So these are players, they know they can do it in this league. It's not like they've taken risks from abroad. Uh, and if you combine that with some of the signings they did in the uh, transfer window last summer, like Magnus Wolf Ikram, who was an absolute beast for them. Really, they've got all the... I look at the squad, there's no real weak areas, perhaps... Well, no, I, I was going to say perhaps midfield might be their weakest, but I look... All around, they've got no apparent uh, spot where they're going to be um, drop-offs. They've got the depth if they want to rotate. I think they've got all bases covered. Fascinating stuff. And just looking at them last season, they actually pipped Brand to second, um, despite Brand sort of being up there for most of the campaign. Uh, and it all came because of a fantastic run, really, from September to November. They didn't lose a single game. Um, they they had a bad start, didn't they, those days? That was the problem. But... Uh, they won the last four in a row, uh, won eight of the last ten games, in fact. So they really hit the f- some serious form um, towards the end of the season. But it was defeats to teams like Ranheim at home, Christiansen uh, away, Ranheim away, Buda Glimt at home, Odd, Odd at home as well, that kind of cost them in the early season. How are they going to rectify that this season, Steve? And could you just give us a, maybe a rundown of their uh, expected lineup or their expected key players, briefly? Well, I look at this league, 
and, and this is this applies to the, all of the championship challenges actually, not just Molder. If you want to beat Rosenborg to this gold medal, it's not necessarily about how you start the season. It's about the midsection and the end of it. Because look at Brown last year; they were seven points clear after about round sixteen, I think, and they blew it. So you don't. It's not always about the start. It's Rosenborg win this league in the middle part of the year where they seem to combine league and European matches so, so well. And then they got on a really good run towards the end. So what Molder need to do is just stay up there, stay level with Rosenborg in that first third of the season. And then they need to kick on a run. The big challenge for them is in when the Europa League comes uh, in July. Um, it can If they go deep in that competition, the qualifiers, it can affect them like it negatively like it did last year. Uh, the lineup. I mean, they're going to go with Andreas Linder in goal. I think he's one of the probably one of the top five, six keepers in the league. Not special, but he'll do the job. Uh, key players. I think Harold's side. Like I said, that right back is going to become important. Martin Bjorn back at centre back. New signing, very important in midfield. Frederick Orsnes goes without saying. He's a crucial player. They've got Martin Ellingson back this year. He was injured the whole of 2018, so that's a nice little bonus for them. Uh, Magnus Wolf Eichum, like I said before. Um, the, the big question mark until last week was uh, striker, uh, but they've rectified that by saying, signing Ui Umaywanfo, who uh, sometimes I've given him a bit of criticism on this podcast, but I think you know this is the perfect sort of move for him, really. So, uh, yeah, those are the sort of the key players for, for Mulder going forward. Um, I'd say they've got top quality in, in all areas of the field, John. Yeah, and as you say, there it seems like they have plugged their their, their squad with sort of players from the, around the, the league itself. Haven't they? They've bought from Starbeck, they've bought from Halverson, they've bought from Bullard Limp, they've bought from Strums Goodser. So um, it's going to be really interesting to see there if they can kind of use that squad depth to maybe maybe win the title. Um, really good stuff, Steve. I mean, I, I personally think Wolf Icon will be, uh, you know, was a massive influence last season when he joined and, and will be going forward. But uh, I think you're the man who, who's in the know about that sort of stuff. So good to hear your views. And you've got more that as title winners, as we as we said. I've got uh, Rosenborg down a second. Um, I mean, it, it's a toss-up, really. I, I just I think these two teams are going to finish about probably between seven to ten points clear of the rest. Uh, I look at Rosenborg, and, and there's a lot of cases for them to, to win the league again. But for me, probably the biggest question mark is they've got a new manager, um, Horniland. Uh, Eric Holden, he's coming from Horgerson. He's done a good job there in the last few years. But they did a long, long search for their new new manager. And I don't want to disrespect Horniland, but I just feel like, you know, they've done this massive extensive search across Europe for a new boss. And all they could come up with is a guy from Horgerson to take over. I mean, I just feel like they could have done better, you know, if they really want to progress forward. They probably needed to bring someone in from outside of the country. So, yeah, my biggest question mark probably would be about the manager. He's going to be implementing a 4-2-3-1 system, uh, a more disciplined approach, uh, supposedly, compared to past managers at Rosenborg. Rosenborg have had a 4-3-3 for the last five years, from what I can remember. Um, I think he's going to require his wingers to be a little bit more disciplined. Um, before, we move on to, before we move on to some more you know, detailed analysis of, of Rosenborg, uh, let's just take a look at sort of, you know, I mean, their recent history. They've been smashing you need to say for many years. So this is, I guess, in a way, maybe quite a bold thing for you to say Then they're not going to win the title yeah. uh, before we get too in-depth. Uh, let's just look at some of the players they've lost. They've lost, uh, as, you, as we mentioned earlier, this Andy Bali has gone to uh, Alwada. Um, then there's off 
you know, I don't know how many have they lost too many key members of the squad, or is this just sort of a um, as you mentioned there, the manager and the feeling that maybe they've not quite recruited as well as you'd like to see. They've not really lost anyone of significance. Jabali only played about ten games for them, I think. They bought him for one million last year, and they've sold him for about one point three million or something like that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I mean, we've got to remember Rosenborg had an absolute shit ton of injuries last year. So, and guys like uh, Samuel Adegbenro, who he only played eight hundred minutes in all competitions. I mean, this is a guy who could tear the league apart. Um, I'm a little bit concerned that the new manager doesn't perhaps see him as a as a mainstream starter at this point in time. I think he would rather play Paul-André Helland um, out there on the left wing instead of him, probably to keep someone like Helland happy. But it won't be long before he goes down injured with something. He's uh, made of cotton wool, that bloke. Um, so I think Sammy will soon get a chance on that left wing. And I expect a big year out of him if he can stay fit. On the opposite wing, got David uh, Akintola, uh, who was at Augustine last year under Horniland, so he knows all about him. He's a really good player, and I expect he will go really well. They've signed Yermun Assen from Trump, so I know there was a, a listener question about him. I'll talk about uh, Assen in a minute. Um, that's it, really. They've not really recruited in other areas. Uh, they probably didn't need to. I mean, they've got a lot of strong players, uh, John, uh, across the across the field. Yeah, we'll get into that question shortly. Uh, just a note very quickly there that obviously Rosenborg have won the league the last four seasons running and are 26 time champions of Norway. So as I said before, this is a big uh, prediction in terms of saying that they won't win the league. And you know, you have to look at weaknesses when you when you suggest that they're not they're not going to do do the goods this season, or is it maybe just that Mulder are that strong? Let's move on to the question that we've had, though. Uh, I'd like to, to just pick, quickly pick up on a tweet from our, our regular listener at Ted Cruz, my son, uh, on Twitter, who asks, how will Assen perform this year? Do you know what? It's really ironic because he started his career as a youngster at Rosenborg, but he obviously wasn't deemed good enough there, so he ended up across the city at Ranheim, and then Tromso took him on, and he's been there for the last three, four years. Well, I really like Jürgen Munassen, but I just wonder whether he's a better player when he's kind of like a big fish. Um, you know, uh, Trumser, he was the main man, really, certainly for assists. He's the sort of player I think needs to be playing on a regular basis as well. And there's a lot more competition for places in this Rosenborg squad in the midfield. So he's certainly not guaranteed to start all the time. I've got a funny feeling he might be a little bit of a flop there. Um I mean, how can I, I can't really base it on any stats or anything because his statistics were brilliant for Tromso in the last couple of years. Um, it's just really good feeling about playing time and suiting the system and suiting the club. I do wish him the very best, Yuman uh, Dasson. He's a fine talent, but he might not have the sort of impact that some expect of him, in my opinion. Fair enough. And yeah, just to note, he's one of the one of the few players in the league who's been bought for a fee. Uh, believed to be roughly £360,000. So, 27-year-old there, Guillermo Assen. Uh, thanks for your question there as well, uh, Mr. Cruz, eight my son. Um, we're going to move on now. Rosenborg, you've got them second. You've written them off. Rosenborg fans, send us your comments and thoughts. Uh, keen to hear what you think there about that one. Um, is it a controversial point of view or is it one that maybe you, you, you share? Um, third and fourth now, Steve, you've got two teams there. Um, you want to name them yourselves, and we'll have a brief discussion on those two. Yeah, I think 
with um gone with Sharpsburg Sharpsburg third and Bran uh fourth. Um don't think there's gonna be too much between these two sides. And if you really want a dark horse for the league, then you got to look at Sharpsburg really, because uh they're um they're a club that have really been on the up in the last few years. I'll start with them. And um, you know, they've there's always a lot of player turnover at this club. There's always plenty out the door and there's always plenty in the door. Um, had a great run in the Europa League last year at the back end of uh, you know November there. Nearly qualified for the last uh, 16, a uh, round of 16, sorry. And um, they've obviously got a bit of money from that and the, the club's recruits well. They're in a good, stable position and they've got some interesting players to keep an eye on. Quite a few good young players as well. Um, and I feel that if they can hit the ground running with no other distractions in Europe this year at all, then they, they could go on a run. Interesting you say that. And uh, one of the section that we have later for you in part two uh, is a rundown of 10 players we've selected in the league to watch this season. Um, and we do have a softball player in there, which we, we'll talk about in part two. But uh, Steve, there's just a few other reasons why you think softball will, uh, will, will, will pick up form. Who, who are the key men in that, in that squad? Uh, I remember their Europa League run, but just, just briefly, have they got anyone that they brought in who... You expect to do well, or is it just good coaching and management? They've got their, they do have a really good coach and get back a, a really top quality coach. Um, I think their goalkeeping situation is one of the strongest in the whole league. Uh, and goalkeeping in this league, there's not that many to keep you around, really. There's a lot of crap keepers, but they've got Alexander Vazutin uh, and Azlak Falch as their two keepers, and both uh, I do rate them both quite highly. Um, I mean, probably defense is their weak point, actually, John. Um, I look at the likes of Rosenberg, Brand, and Mulder, and I think Sarpsborg probably will concede more goals. Um, it's not quite such a solid back line. I wouldn't really say there's anyone in that defence that would stand out as being brilliant. Um, but in the midfield, they've got Christopher Zachariason, who's top quality, and I expect will leave. This is probably his last season in the elite Assyrian. He may he may even only last to the summer. Really good midfielder. Um, they've signed Jonathan Linseth from Mjørndalen, who caught the eye in obviously again last year. Uh, they've got a bunch of strikers. Uh, they've got Stefan Shalovic in from Bran. Lars Jorgen Salverson's come in. They've got uh, Abubakar Conte. I've not seen any of this lad, but supposedly he's got great talent. Uh, Jorgen Strand Larsen, who I'm going to talk about later. Uh, they've got loads of squad depth. They've got a massive advantage for me in squad depth compared to Bran and Valerenga, for example. Uh, and that is an important factor to consider. They can refresh the squad if needed. If things really went their way, and they could even challenge for the title, but they're going to need all the little bits, you know, the 1-0s to go their way, the 2-1 last-minute goals to go their way. But I fully expect them to be, to be in the top three or four. Yeah, interesting. Just a note there that Sarsborough actually finished eighth last season, so this is a massive jump you've got them uh, uh, leaping there to third. And looking around at the betting stats, there they're actually nine to uh, eight to one to win the title. So anyone who fancies an outside bet there, maybe Sarsborough could be the ones. Steve, let's look at the brand quickly. Um, they've dropped in your predictions here from uh, third where they finished last season to four. Yeah. Um... It's just I feel like last year was the one that got away from them. That was a really big chance for them to win the league. They might be a little bit deflated this year from that. They've lost they've lost players. Um, it started last summer uh, when they lost Sivert Nielsen. I mentioned in the review podcast. 
end of last year, how massive a loss that was. They've not really signed anyone apart from Petter Strand, who's a useful all-round midfielder, and Christopher Luckberg from Ranham. I think Luckberg will go well, actually, for them if he manages to cement a place down. Uh, I don't like their goalkeeping situation at all. They've got 37-year-old Hakon Opdel from Start, who's about over the hill now. And they've got Eirik Johansson, who came from Sanderfield. I've got to be honest, I think he had a shambolic 2018. Uh, I mean, I don't know who's going to start in goal for them, but I see it as a massive weak area. It's a good job they've got a really good defence, Brand, because they haven't got a goalkeeper who's going to save them very often. Uh, but they've got a top-quality defence. Vito Vermgore, Christian Cern, Acosta, Rismark. I mean, they've really got some fantastic defenders. Uh, but going forward, they probably lack enough quality overall, despite Gilbert Coombson and Doda Bamba, who I do rate. There's not an awful lot outside that starting 11 in, in attacking and creative areas that, for me. There's probably not enough goals in this team, push come to shove, but they'll be up there because of their strong defence. Yeah, just looking at last season, they started the season 14 games unbeaten, an unbelievable run before it was ended with a 4-0 defeat to Mulder. Uh, but as you've said there, maybe they've lost a bit of firepower. Uh, they had the second best defensive record in the league uh, last season. But uh, as, as we've got there from, from Meatman Soccer, we we're expecting them to have a bit of a dip. So let's look at the team you have in fifth before we have a short break, perhaps. Um, you have Valeranga, who I remember in the last season's um, preview podcast, Steve, you were not happy about them at all in terms of their ambitions. Uh, have you changed your mind at all? Have you seen many signs of, uh, of greater ambition from Valeranga this season, or are you still a little bit frustrated by them? A bit frustrated, yeah. I mean, they're a difficult one to judge. I, I think they could end up fifth on their own, actually. I mean, they should really be best of the rest outside of the top four. Uh, you'll see quite a few different predictions for Varenga, I think, this year. Some might even suggest they could title challenge. Some might suggest they go mid-table. I mean, I see them about fifth. That might even be being optimistic if things go wrong again. But uh, they, just haven't, they just haven't got enough overall quality, uh, in my opinion, John. They've lost players like Felipe Carvalho in, in defence, who was one of the best defenders for me last year in the league. Uh, in attack, I mean, Sam Johnson's on, gone on his bike. Uh, moved to Real Salt Lake in MLS. Uh, midfielders have moved on. Um, yeah, there's quality. Here. And, and they've got an exciting sort of trio of attackers in uh, um, Shadira Ejuke, Bud Finner, Matthias Williamson. He's a good signing from Rosenborg if he can stay fit. And Herolyn Schaller's impressed in pre season. Uh, he's signed from start. So they've probably more goals in them this year. Valerenga. Midfield's a little bit questionable. They've got a few youngsters to keep your eye on. Uh, Defence, for me, is a big question mark, or they've got an interesting signing at right-back, Efren uh, Juarez, I'm going to talk about a bit later. Um, yeah, they've got, they've got quality. They should be up there, but uh, I just don't see them challenging for the title. Um, and they haven't got enough over, overall depth compared to the top three either. Ronnie Dole has actually admitted in, in recent months that he's, you know, things have gone very wrong. Is a direct quote from him. It's a club. It's a club, John, that needs to be up there, sort of uh, play the long game here, try and build. It's going to be a longer process than they thought. I'll say that. Yeah, well, I mean, these quotes are quite strong, actually. And I don't know about the betting markets for kind of uh, first manager to leave, but 
uh, these are quotes from October, uh, sorry, beginning of November last season. I'm going to take a very long, hard look at myself. I'm the leader of this club and I have to look in the mirror. If I cannot influence the players, then perhaps I have to start looking at myself. I'm sorry for the fans who have had to watch this, but it's not good enough. I'm going to take time and reflect on this. Something has gone very wrong. Now, Dyle has won a Norwegian title in a cup with Strums Goodse and had some success with Celtic. But do you think things are getting a bit stale at Wallaringa, Steve, or do you see some signs of optimism? There were times last year they looked really, really good. Um, and, and since Ronnie's been here, they have looked really good. And it's just there's no been, not been any consistency from them. Um, progression. I think what fans just want to see them make that a little bit of a, a step forward, like they're getting closer to the top three or four. If they can do that this year, it will bring up a lot more optimism to the club and maybe they, they can rebuild uh, next winter to actually challenge for that top two or three. That's the way I see it going. If they can just develop bit by bit, um, I, that's what it's all about here. Um, at it's a big year for them because if they if they get stuck in mid-table mediocrity again I just think it might well be the end of the Ronnie Dyler project and uh, they're back at square one again Great stuff now we're going to go to a, a short break that's the uh, top five for you there the Meet Man Soccer Predictions the Nordic Football Podcast 2019 predictions we have in fifth Wallerenga in fourth Bran in third Sarsborg in second Rosenborg and Predicted champions for the season, Mulder. Join us in part two, where we'll be looking at mid-table. Uh, we'll be looking at the relegation battle, where we've got some, what looks like could be a tasty battle there. And also uh, some maybe pre-season tips in terms of betting, as well as our 10 players to watch this season. Join us after the short break. Welcome back to the Nordic Football Podcast 2019 Elite Serbian Norway season preview. And we're joined by Steve Wiss, who is uh, ripping into the teams in the, in the league, uh, giving us a full analysis, blow by blow. And we're going to start now at the bottom of the table because we have something that might come as a bit of a shock to some listeners, or maybe it won't. But uh, I wanted to go straight into your. Um, pre-season predictions for the league table Steve, because at the bottom of the table you have a team that actually had quite a good season last year and uh, you know bloody the noses of quite a few teams uh, with an eventual finish of seventh so you have the bottom team in the league as Ranheim who finished seventh last year with 42 points explain yourself Steve well they're gonna you know this time last year I predicted them 16th as well so they're probably gonna love me uh, predicting them 16th two years in a row um, they're the new Christians, aren't they? You used, used to hate on Christians, and now you've moved to the Ranheim, haven't you? Listen, it was a real Cinderella story, wasn't it? Part-time club. Remember the part-time? They came up and they, they they took the league by storm, didn't they? They were in the top four or five for quite a long time. But they've almost paid for the success of Ranheim. They've lost players like Rismark, the defender, went to Bran last, last summer. They've now lost... Uh, like von Wittry to uh, one of the Swedish, one of the Stockholm clubs. I can't remember which one. Yeah, so they've lost him, and they um, also lost Christopher Luckberg to uh, Bran, and they were key players for Ranheim. Um, look, they overachieved 
in terms of expected goals statistics i was looking through our new partnership with y scout and there's some very interesting statistics from Ranheim last year they conceded more shots than any other team and they vast dramatically overachieved in their expected goals scored and conceded tally and i think in the end it was noticeable in the last third of the year that their results were starting to go a little bit skew with um and it was catching up on them and i think it's unsustainable in the long term especially now they're losing players um the, the key man for them in the midfield is going to be mads reginiuson no doubt about it he's going to be their key player and up front uh, michael carlson is a massive player for them as well I've got to be honest, a lot of these guys that they've signed in from the lower leagues, I don't really know that much about them. I mean, there might be the odd gem here and there. Uh, and they've got to hope there's a few gems because I, I really think um, the second season syndrome is going to hit them. Uh, I wish them the very best of luck and uh, and all that. And they'll be it's never not an easy place to go for anyone to visit Durandheim. It's a, a horrible place. The surface is, is, is awful, artificial. And yeah, I'll use the word shithole again. It is one. Um, but uh, yeah, I just think they're going to regress in the second season, John. And uh, I think they're going to be a bit, maybe a bit like Sanderfjord last year in that respect. Slightly harsh description there of Ranheim as, as a shithole, but um, you've done it with Mo and Allen, So I suppose, you know, you, you're not one to sort of um, be too polite, are you, Steve? Uh, but there, there you go. Uh, pointing out, as you said, you are right. They they lost their last three games of last season, and in fact, they had quite a significant dip towards the end of the campaign with uh, six defeats in the last ten games. So you could be right there. Um, you know, they won twelve last year and lost twelve, draw six. So maybe this year they're not going to be as um, you know maybe that second season syndrome in the spirit uh, may well have been sucked out of them slightly. Uh, that was probably the biggest surprise, I think, in terms of looking at the bottom of the table. But uh, 15th, you've got Mjondalen, who are the newly promoted boys, who are also a team you've described as a shithole. So uh, apologies to Mjondalen fans and Ranheim fans from myself. But uh, Steve, carry on with Mjondalen and tell us a little bit about them before you uh, rip them to pieces. Tell us a bit of the positive side about their promotion. They had an amazing defence in the O-Bottle again last year. They only conceded 24 goals, right? And to put this in comparison, only one other team conceded less than 40 goals in that league. So that is a staggeringly good defensive statistic um, for me and Darlin. Um Now, I've got a question for you, actually, John. What were you doing? Can you remember what you were doing in 2006? <laughs> it's quite a long time ago now, isn't it, my friend? Probably uh, maybe at university or something like that. Well, it's a really interesting statistic. Mjöndalen's manager, Vegard Hansen, has been in charge of his club now for 13 years. Wow. Yeah, I mean, he's like the Arsene Wenger of the of the Norwegian league, isn't he? Um, and he's been, you've seen it all, this bloke. He led them to promotion in 2015. Um, I mean... Yeah, darling. I mean, my concern here, John, is that, yes, they had that brilliant defence in the Obos League again last year. But whenever they've been in that league, they've always had a pretty good defence. The one season they had in the Elitis area, I think two, four years ago, they conceded 69 goals. Now, for me, the managers just don't change that quickly. Um, certainly not in places like Norway. Um, the Leopard doesn't change its spots and... There was a, a lot of panic from their manager when they, they got promoted last time around. 
you know, these defenders in the Obos League game, can they make the step up to the Elite Serie? I'm not sure. I mean, uh, Johansson, uh, Jansen, uh, Drags, Nez. I mean, these are brilliantly part of a back four last year who were very strong. But until I see them uh, in the Elite Serie in action, uh, I cannot be at all convinced that the defence will keep them up because in terms of goal scored, the highest scorer just scored five goals, which is a staggering, staggeringly low for a promoted uh, side, isn't it? Yeah, it is indeed. And I mean, they've lost uh, a few players as well, haven't they? They've lost Jonathan Linzer, mm. central midfielder to Sarkisburg. Is there anyone who they brought in who, who? Is there anyone who you look at as think they could be? You know, could be the um, figurehead of that team or new signings? That I do like actually. Stian Azamunson from Christiansund. He's got a really good free kick on him and he can put in some great deliveries, which might be important if they're going to try and get... You'd think quite a few of their goals would come from set pieces, so that's crucial. And they've got Frederick Brustad, who's come from Mulder. And actually, he's the one bit of real quality up there um, who could make a difference for them and actually improve their goal scoring. So he's a good signing. Um, and Sondre Lisef, uh, I think you've got it from Ness Sotra from the Obos League game. Highly thought of, I think, and uh, he's one to keep an eye on. Uh, just want to. I've got to talk about a bloke called Olivier Oshian, 37 year old, um, who's been around the block a bit in Norway uh, for a long, long time now. He was in the league when I first started covering it. There's not many players left in the league um, when I first uh, started up in Norway, uh, but he's there, 37 years old, of old of age, sorry, and uh, be a good physical presence and experience for them in the final third. He's a bit of a legend, isn't he? He played in France. I remember the name Olivier Oshian. Yeah, played in France. Yeah, he's a, a legend. Yeah, absolutely. And it'd be, it's, it's good to see him back in the elite area. And uh, I don't know how much of an impact he's going to have, but uh, I'm sure he'd be great around the squad for them. Well, a bit of a blast from the past there for your past there, Steve. But uh, in terms of good to be back, uh, let's move on to Viking, who uh, some fans will certainly be saying it's good to be back. Uh, and they have been promoted. They 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 left it. You know, they had an up and down season, didn't they, in that seat in that league? Uh, but they managed to get the job done and head up back to the elite area where many of the fans will say they belong uh, and they will be fans, you know, and they will have probably up the attendance in the uh, elite area in general. Talk to us about Viking Steve. You've got them in 14th uh, for that relegation player. Well, I mean, in complete contrast to Mjern, darling, uh, they completely outscored the way out of the league. They scored 68 goals, which was massive compared to anyone else. They conceded, conceded a whopping 44. Um, and uh, they lost nine games. Do you know of a side that wins a league by losing nine games? I've never ever come across that before, I don't think. Uh, they only had one draw, which was it just shows you draws mean nothing, don't they? Sometimes just win win and lose and you do all right. Uh, they've got goals in them, Viking. That's what I do like about this side. Uh, Tommy Herland scored 21 last year, and he's done it in the Elite Assyrian before. He's got the quality to score in this league. Um, they've got uh, Tripic on the wings and they've got a couple of younger players to look out for as well at Viking uh, I think a lot of their games are going to be frantic uh, be probably quite a few over two and a half goals matches involving Viking because it doesn't look like they're going to defend if, if they're struggling to defend in the Obos League again it's not going to get much better in the top tier is it let's be honest um, but uh, yeah should be an exciting side uh, Christian Thorstvet in central midfield as a youngster to keep an eye on. They've signed Samuel Fridjonsson from Varenga. Good sign. Quite another good player I quite like. 
they've signed a couple of defenders at the back who I don't know an awful lot about. Maybe that might help the defence, potentially. I don't like their goalkeeping situation. Never rated Ivan Uspo at all or Aman Vichner. So, yeah, I think uh, they're going to score goals, but they're going to concede a lot as well. But uh, I always lean on sides that can actually hit the back of the net, John. Uh, you know, I always feel if any side can score goals, they've got a fighting chance of staying up. So they might just stay up by the skin of their teeth. Yeah, and what are your thoughts on their manager, Bjorn Bjornsson? Plays an exciting style. Um, very much uh, gambles a lot. You know, he's not going to settle for a draw, this bloke. Uh, well, he wasn't in the Obviously again anyway. I hope, it's, in, in many ways, I hope he doesn't change that attitude in, in the top tier because a, a win is worth... It's worth waiting gold, isn't it? Rather than trying to draw matches 1-1 all the time, he's going to probably think, yeah, I'll take a win here and, and risk losing. Certainly against the, sort of the lower-ranked teams, he, he'll probably do that. Uh, but yeah, I think he's going to get a bit frantic and if they fall behind in games, it could get a bit bit Lionel Messi, you know? Yeah, uh, that's very interesting. I mean, let's move on to the thing you've got one above them and it's Trumson, who, you know, some people want... See that as a little bit of a surprise, maybe, or uh, or maybe not. What, what are your thoughts, Stephen? Why, why have you got Juan Pachonza there? I've got to be honest. I don't think. I think you could make a case that any of the sort of teams in the bottom eight of my predictions here, bottom nine even, could get sucked into a relegation battle. I only really see seven teams as definitely going to be safe this year. I think you can make a case for quite a few. Look, Trump's uh, the positives. They've got a good manager in Simo Valakari. I rate him a lot. Um, it's a tough place to go, potentially, up north. Um, and he, he gets the best out of his squad. But they have limited resources here. They're starting the year with quite a lot of bad injuries. Um, so, I just I look at the squad. It's, it's pretty pretty bare as well. They're relying on youngsters coming through. Or they're relying on players that are renowned for getting injured a lot. And, and, and that worries me. Um, they, they had periods in both the last couple of years where they've had runs of losing and they've also had winning runs too so look, I'd be surprised if they actually went down if, if Valakari stays with the club all season he's just too good a coach to, to send the side down but um, yeah I know they're crying out for, they're crying out for investment in terms of it's just not there uh, if they could get some really good tools for this manager to work with I think they could be a dark horse but you know you, you can only work with the tools you've got really and uh, he's got a his hand is limited Mm, and looking at them, Trums are actually the bookmakers have them as eight to one to be relegated. So um, you have them slightly maybe closer to that to that drop zone. Um, Yonder are in fact the favourites to finish bottom, not not Ranheim. But uh, but uh, yeah, you've got Trums as maybe one who could could struggle. Yeah, I don't think they'll go down. But yeah, I mean, I like Trums, sir. Uh, I love I, I like Simo Valakari, but. Um... Yeah, I think they could have a slow start, which will put them on the back foot. And, uh, you know, without sort of some good summer signings, then uh, it could be a year where they, they're in the lower half of the table rather than looking upwards, uh, sadly. Fair enough. And looking at their sort of start to the season, their first game, I think, is... Uh, well, all the games start this weekend, but their first game is Ranheim away. So that would be a bit of a test there in terms of uh, a team that you've ranked uh, bottom against the team that you think might struggle. Let's move on to Starbeck, who you've got in 12th. Yeah, I mean, they, they survived with the relegation playoff 
uh, last year. And they've, they've done that in, it feels like they've done that a lot in recent years. They're always down there. Um, no matter what the manager is, no matter what the players are. I mean, we know they've got a good youth academy, although now that Tony Ordinas is moved to Lillestrøm, I do wonder how much of a talent is actually going to come through here at this club now. Uh, still a lot of young players, so if things go wrong, then it's difficult, isn't it? Sometimes you rely on experience in the dressing room, and they haven't really got that. The positives are Frank Bolly up front was brilliant in the second half of last year, scored so many goals, but he's going to miss his partner, Oe. Umoy Wanfo, and in terms of replacements, well, I mean, Daniel Bratton, you might remember him from your days in the, covering the French League, John, um, but he's he's, yeah. he's no spring chicken now, um, 37 years old. I don't really know what's left in his tank. Uh, they've signed some players from sort of the lower leagues who I'm not too sure about how they're going to get on. They've signed a defender, Madis Veerman, from, he's an Estonian international um, at least the goalkeeping situation is a bit better. Uh, Marcus Sandberg should do a solid enough job. Probably the best area for Starbuck is midfield uh, with Luke Cassie, who was injured the whole of 2018. It's a real bonus to have him back. And they've got good youngsters in uh, Hugo Vettelson, Tobias Burkreit, who I'm going to talk a little bit about later. I mean, Emil Bohinen, guys like Bryn Hildson. So they've got youngsters on, on the day. Starbeck will play some great stuff, but there's no consistency and they always seem to find this, their way into that knack of being in the bottom three or four. And, and that is just a way of life at the moment for that club. Yeah, and just to note, they only won six games all, all last season. Uh, so that's a bit of a worry. Uh, you would have thought I had a terrible season, six games in 30, in 30 played. And only won one away game all, all season. So you you think they're going to turn that around a little bit? Just looking at Frank Bolly, actually, he's one of the um, favourites to be top goal scorer uh, this season. What are your thoughts on him, very briefly? Nah, not for me. Not without Ui there. I mean, Ui uh, did a lot of good things in the team uh, in terms of the statistics. Didn't show he was a great shadow striker and a great foil for Bolly. I do wonder without him whether he was going to get as many goals. Uh, will he get the chances? Yeah, he's going to hit the back of the net a few times. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, I'd be surprised if he, I don't think he's going to be a top scorer for me this year. Fair enough. And that's the analysis on Starbeck for this season ahead 12th. Steve, 11th, before we move to mid-table, you have Buda Glimt, who last season we were very kindly joined by uh, Tom Dent, who works out there. You've got them in 11th this season. You had them slightly lower last season. What's changed? I can't really make my mind up about this side. Um, I don't know whether they're going to have that second season syndrome where they slip or or they manage to sort of stabilise again. At times I look at the squad on paper and I think, well, yeah, this squad actually should be in the relegation battle because I just don't see the depth there. And they've lost quality players like Christian Ospeth up front, who was a big striker for them. Martin Bjornback was a quality central defender, one of the best in the league last year. And they lost a few other sort of stalwarts like uh, Jose uh, Angel uh, Hurado. Um, and they've not really recruited particularly well yet either. Um, they've got Vegard Bergen from Odds, defender, Erlen Wright, and a good right back on loan from Rosenborg. But they've not really added much. They've had a great pre season. That's what's turning me, John. They, they've, they've really absolutely uh, nailed pre season. Some great results, some great performances. The confidence is up. And I'm always wary of sides like this. I could see them starting well, 
uh, you know, I could see them having a good first half of the year um, and then tailing off a bit. They've got, I mean, key players to watch out for. We're going to talk about the goalkeeper later, but uh, probably on the right wing, Amor Layuni had some surprisingly good statistics last year, put some really good crosses in, accurate ones as well. Uh, Felix Zinkenegel is a very useful midfielder. In terms of goal scoring, uh, you know, got Andre Coupen back from injury uh, and a couple of other guys up there, Gare Herum. And in midfield, Ulrich Soltness is going to be important. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of a bit torn on them, really. Uh, if it weren't, if it wasn't for their great pre-season form and feeling, I would have them down in that relegation battle big time. But, um, you know, they may well start well enough to, to get themselves clear. What are your thoughts on Runa Hauger, Steve? I saw a pre-season goal they scored, which was really, really good. Um, I think they posted it online. A really flowing team move. Uh, which I was quite impressed by, to be honest. Uh, do, you, do they have some good young players, or are they sort of, was that just a pre-season friendly? And yeah. It's got a good mixture of, of youth and experience, actually, this team. Um, probably more on the young side, actually, I would say, but um, which is, a, I always like that. Um, yeah, they've had youngsters come through. Hakon Evian's one. Uh, obviously, Jens Petter Halga. Patrick Berg's come in, and, 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 you know, I think he's about 21 now. Um Björkian at the back. Obviously, the guy on loan from Rosenborg, Erlen Reitan. So, yeah, they've got some good youngsters to keep an eye out for. Uh, interesting side. Obviously, quite far up north. It can be a difficult place for teams to visit. They drew a lot of games last year. It kept them up, ultimately. Uh, I'm not sure which direction they're going to go in. I've got quite a few question marks about Buda Glimp. But, um, you know, because they're just looking so good in pre-season, I think it'd be foolish to, to say they're going to struggle at this point in time. Okay, well, at the risk of, well, I don't think we'll upset Tom Dent with that prediction. They finished 11th last season, and you've got them to finish 11th this season. So, Tom, if you're listening, give us a tweet as well. I'm interested to hear what you think about that prediction. Uh, but, uh, yeah, they struggled for goals last year, averaged sort of one, just over one goal a game, 1.07, um, 32 goals all season. Uh, but they had a quite good defensive record compared to uh, the teams in the lower end of the table with 35 conceded. So, Maybe that's the basis for your prediction there. Let's move to the mid-table now, Steve, and I'm going to kind of like move through these ones pretty quickly, to be honest. Um, getting pressed for time. I'm going to throw three of them at you, and then let's let's talk through them. You've got 8th, 9th, and 10th uh, in in this order. 10th, Lillestrom, 9th, Strums Godset, and 8th, Christiansen. Yeah, I think... Lillestrom uh, are probably the easiest of the three to predict. They're going to be slap-banging mid-table for me, um, if not a little bit lower. I don't think an awful lot's going to change here. They've got the only Swedish manager in the league, and he did a good job last year keeping them up. And, uh, you know, they've got some decent enough... They've got enough goals in them for me, Lillestrom. That's what I like about this side. They've got experience, quite an old old squad which can be a good and a bad thing, I guess. Um, they've got enough just in all areas of the field, really. They're not going to be spectacular. Um, just a solid sort of side that you just... I just don't see them getting sucked into trouble this year. But equally, you wouldn't say they're a dark horse to finish, like, top seven, top six or seven either. Yeah, we never seem to talk about Lundstrom, uh, actually. And, I mean, I tend to think they're quite a highly rated team in terms of fan base. Is that wrong, or...? You know, what's the overall overview of um, Lindstrom? And just before we move on, you know, before you answer that question as well, you know that they have a Swedish manager. Probably explains the signing by Alex Dyer from Elfsborg, who, who caught my eye um, in terms of the transfers in. I, 
I think he had a pretty disappointing season last year, but the year before that, he was quite impressive. Um, last year, he was at Elfsborg, but he's now moved to Lindstrom. Both teams playing in yellow, maybe. Maybe he just likes the, the colour of the shirt. But, uh, yeah, what, what is, what's the deal with Lindstrom? Why, why are we sort of ignoring them to a certain extent? You're right about the manager, Jürgen Lennartsson. He's made a few smart signings from the Swedish league, actually. He's used his knowledge there well. Uh, well, we don't really talk about him too much, I guess, just because they don't really, they're not really stood out that much in the last couple of years, you know. They do have a good fan base uh, down then uh, on the uh, suburbs of Oslo. Um, obviously, got a big rivalry with Valerenga. I think we did a teaming focus on them in one of our early pods, didn't we? Another signing, uh, Daniel Gustafsson on the wings. He's coming from the Swedish league, I think. Um, one to keep an eye on. They've got they've got quality there. It's just they're never going to do anything remarkable, really. I just don't think it's not like that. Wow, X factor enough with Lillestrøm. Okay, and Jurgen Lennartson, by the way, is a former EF core manager. In fact, and I was living out there, so it'll be interesting to see how he does in that league. Strom goes set now, and Chris Jusson. Yeah, I mean, sort of go say. I mean, last year I was way off with this prediction. Uh, put them second, and they nearly went down. Uh, look, I think they're in a different era now. They're going to have to rebuild the squad. Lost players like Toki Ingu and Eric Anderson. Um, you know, it just feels like a squad that they're going to be mid-table for me. They're not. They've always been used to challenging the top half in the last sort of decade, but that's not going to happen now for me. I don't like their manager. For me, they needed to move on from uh, Bjorn uh, Petter Ingebretsen. He, he doesn't, I don't like his uh, tactics, his man management is not very good. And you know, they could, I saw someone tip them on a betting website to go down at 16 to 1. And if things go pear shaped internally, maybe there's a bit of value there. I mean, I don't see it myself. I think there's enough quality. Uh, Jakuba Silla is an interesting signing in defensive midfield, ex Aston Villa. And uh, I know him well from the French league. If you get the best out of him, he should be able to dominate physically in this league. And obviously up front, they've got goal scorers in Marcus Pedersen and Moss, who I know you're a big fan of, John. Yeah, and it's it's um, it's it's well, it's forthright of you to come out there and also mention that pre uh, prediction last season. I think many people would uh, brush over that prediction uh, and and not want to talk about it. So hats off to you there, Steve, for your honesty. Um, but yeah, you, you you've got them down in ninth now this season. Moss, what are your thoughts on him and um, what are your thoughts on Christensen? I, I like Moss. I think he, he he did really well when he came in for Pedersen who got injured. He's much more of a team man and probably just as good a finisher actually as Pedersen. But I, from what I've heard, they're probably going to play up front together this year when Pedersen is uh, starting the year a bit sort of not in best physical health. And then Christensen... Do you know what? I've dissed this team in the last couple of years, haven't I? I've said they were going to go down twice and they defied me, massively defied me twice. So I'm not going to make the same mistake again. Um, full respect to what Christian Mickelson's been doing at this club. He's built this side. It just shows you what he can do if you uh, come up, stabilise, and he's, he's developed a squad which it doesn't really have that many star talents in it, but they're really, really good team ethic, great team unit, not that many what you call weak players and they're all fighting for each other a lot good balanced squad all round really um and yeah i think they, they tend to finish the season really well both the last two years they've the second half of the season been really strong so they tend to build as it goes forward that's a really good sign in my personal opinion 
um, and maybe the same will happen again. Uh, they'll probably start the first half of the year sort of in the lower part of mid-table and then kick on again come the uh, come the middle of the summer, John. Yeah, so that's an interesting one there. And then you've got in seventh and sixth the remaining two teams, Odd and Halverson. I quite liked Halverson uh, the season before last. Tell us about those two teams. So obviously, they've lost the manager to Rosenborg. They've got Justin Grindhag, who who's actually managed this club before for quite a lot of years. Uh, he made way for Mark Dempsey. Do you remember uh, Dempsey? Uh, we talked about him last year um, in 2015. Um, so he's back. So he knows the club well. And they've lost players like Akintola. They've lost uh, Vegard Scherve, a defender who's retired. Uh, they've lost a keeper who was one of the best in the league. Per Christian Bratvite to to your garden, and goalkeeper situation is a little bit questionable. They've brought a guy in called Masiej Gostomsky, who I've never seen play, to be honest with you. Um, so he could be anything. They've got enough quality about them to hold their own in mid-table, especially in defence, I would say. But yeah, in all areas of the field, they've got enough ability which should should easily keep their heads above water. But the lack of squad depth. Uh, restricts them, you know, if they can. I mean, last year they, they, they made a move in the top five or six, um, but they, I just don't see them doing that this this term, uh, especially if some injuries kick in. Who have we got next then? The last team? Yeah, odd. Um, you know, again, a team we don't really talk about too often. Uh, they've got a manager uh, who's been there for such a long time, Dag Alafagurma. I'm not sure how many years in total. Um, just looking now, yeah, since 2008 he's been at the helm, so obviously a long time. You know what you're going to get with this team, a 4-3-3 formation, hard to beat, uh, not going to give much away. And they've got a good mix of youth and experience in the squad. They've lacked goals a bit in the last couple of years, and I still worry for them in that department. I just don't see a striker that's going to hit them, you know, 15 goals in that onion bag. Um, but they're, you know, they've got enough players that can chip in with goals from all over the field. They'll always be fairly well organised, have a good midfield and defence. And uh, yeah, historically, when they had a better squad, they were always a dark horse to challenge, you know, even Rosenborg for the league. But they just don't. He doesn't have enough quality options to work with now, the manager. So it should just be another uh, season in that mid-table mid-table area. Um, and they may well find themselves isolated in sixth spot. I think. There you go then. And that is the table for the 2019 season. So you don't have to watch any of the games this season now. You're done. We've got Ranheim 16, Miondalen 15, Viking 14, Trumzon 13, Starbeck 12, Buda Glimt 11. we then got Lillestrom 10, Strum's Good Set 9, Christensen 8th, Haugerson 7th, and Odd in 6th. And moving up to the top of the table, we have Valoenga in fifth, Gran in fourth, Salzburg in third, Rosenborg in second place, and champions, Mola. Thank you very much to you, Steve, for your uh, predictions there. And we're going to look at a couple of questions now before we move on to our 10 to watch. I just wanted to firstly ask you, who are the breakout players that you expect to see this season? And that's a question from... A very loyal supporter of the podcast. Ted, can you make my son? Okay. Well, I suppose I'm going to, I might as well mention two of the 10 to watch already now. Uh, 
let's go with Joshua Kitalano at odd on uh, just 17 year old, really bright talent. He's got a brother, John Kitalano, who signed by Wolves re- uh, last year. Uh, look, the sky's the limit for this lad. He's got great technical ability, pace, intelligence, um, and he's he's still very young. And it's just you know sometimes that that young player gets an age where they just they just break out either due to physical or they've just grown up a bit more like Harlan did last year from for Mulder, and that could happen this year with with Kitalano. So he's versatile enough; he can play everywhere. It's just about will he get enough minutes on the field? Um, you know, it's about game management. But if he's given the enough of a platform to shine, he's one that could break out. And the other one, I'm going to go with Jurgen Strand Larsen at Sarpsborg. Um, I've got to say, he's a player that, you know, he's never really caught my eye too much, but he's been absolutely tearing up the preseason. He must have scored about a dozen goals. I mean, Sarpsborg have played a lot of friendlies, don't get me wrong. But uh, I've saw a lot of people have been talking about Larsen and he's impressed. I mean, I personally, uh, I don't take too too much note of preseason performances or results myself. I've, I've learned over the years it can sometimes mean nothing. I haven't got time to be wasting on, on watching some of these crappy preseason friendlies. Um, you know, for, for me, the most important thing is the actual matches. But by the sounds of things, he's been catching the eye. And if he's given that regular starting chance, I notice he's as low as 14 to 1 to be top scorer with some bookmakers. And, and it's no surprise um, he's expected to to come out and, and be a big breakthrough year for Jurgen Strand Larsen at Salzburg. Yeah, funnily enough, uh, those are two of your 10 players to watch for this season. So let's go straight into that now, Steve. Um, do you want to run us down with the names of your 10 to watch, firstly? Yeah, I'm going. Ricardo Friedrich, Joshua Kitalano, Martin Samuelson, Sean McDermott, Efrain Juarez, Jurgen Strand Larsen, Jakob Glesnes, Oni Valakari, uh, Arnor Smarison, Tobias Burkright. They're my 10th thought to watch. Very interesting. We have a mix of uh, age ranges there going from sort of, well, 17 to 31. So you, you picked out uh, an eclectic mix there. Uh, one question I have for you on those players is, is there anyone who you look at as having a sort of a Haaland effect? Is there anyone there who you really expect to? I mean, Haaland's breakthrough was unbelievable, really, wasn't it, Steve? Anyone of that similar ilk, or is it kind of maybe not quite as impactful? Uh, no, I think Harlem was one of those talents that comes around once in a decade in this sort of league. Um, but maybe, as I say, Jurgen Strand Larsen could could make an impact in that way, or Kitalano. They're the two. They're the two most likely. But you never know; someone can make a, a splash from from anywhere. Really. So yeah, we'll look through the team uh, just to name your players again, uh, because I want to point out their positions and clubs. We've got Ricardo Friedrich, who's a goalkeeper at Buda Glimt. Joshua Kitalano is a midfielder slash winger at Odd. Martin Samuelson is at Haugerson, the winger again. Sean McDermott, a goalkeeper at Christiansen. Efrain Juarez, who uh, Mexican international, in fact, so he's got quite a, a track record, 31-year-old at Wallerenga uh, in defence. Jürgen Strand Larsen, as you've mentioned there, at Sarpsborg, 19-year-old forward. Jakob Glenzes, a centre-back at Strumskodset. Oni Valakari, a centre midfielder at Tromsø. Arnas Morrison, a 30-year-old attacking midfielder at Lillestrøm. And rounding up your 10 to watch this season, Tobias Burkleet at Starbeck, a 19-year-old centre midfielder. Really good stuff, Steve. We'll be keeping track on those. And don't forget as well, we'll be having talent corner uh, throughout the season, focusing on players to watch. 
you can follow us on Nordic at Nordic Football and also like us on Facebook, Nordic Football Podcast, and we'll bring you uh, you know links to the pods and more interesting stuff from around the world of Scandinavian football on those on those uh, pages. So don't forget to give us uh, a follow or a like, and bear in mind that we'll be bringing you exclusive analysis from Y Scout as well this season. So we might even be able to up our game in terms of uh, our knowledge of Sweden and Norway this year. Before we wrap up this pod, Steve, I just wanted to look at a couple of uh, interesting betting markets. And we've been sort of toying around with the idea of a betting podcast uh, this season, maybe either separate to uh, the main pod or, you know, as a preview show maybe, or a ad- addition to the uh, weekly or fortnightly podcast. Uh, if you are actually interested in that, then please feel free to give us a little mention and, and tell us that you'd like to see it. Um, as we're, 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 we're mulling that one over at the moment. We haven't quite decided. But... Uh, Looking at the markets at the moment, we're just going to look at a couple of uh, interesting markets there. Now, prediction for top goal scorer, the favourite is Oi Omiwenfo. Do you agree with that, Steve? I do, actually, yeah. I think he's going to get a lot of goals. If Well, the only doubt is if you know there's a bit more competition for places there, but I see him as the, going to be their top striker this year, um, unless Lecky James gets a more advanced role in that way that Oi would be limited with his uh with his goals or whether or not he'd be taking penalties there as well i'm not sure uh but yeah i see Mulder as you know the championship side so you know it makes sense that someone there's gonna score a lot of goals i mean the, the problem if you're looking at someone from rosenborg for example like bentner or Sutherland, they're often resting and rotating their players especially when they're in the sort of the champions league qualifying matches and yeah, i don't you know there's no guarantee that uh a lot of these guys will stay fit either. A lot of them have injury track records. So I wouldn't be taking anyone from Rosenborg personally. Um, I think the goal would be white. But uh, I wanted to ask you about Samuel Adig Benra at 25 to 1. Uh, well, that looks like outrageous value to me. Again, it's just will he play enough? Um, will he start enough matches uh, to do that? Um, yeah, look, if he's just the whole season, he's going to be a threat. But He's not just about scoring goals, I think Benry is about supplying them as well. It's a bit of value, you know. He's got the ability to tear the league apart, of course, but um, you probably need to be looking at a striker that's going to be in there regularly, day in, day out, the main man, um, going to be on penalties. And, um, yeah, probably, let's say, my pick probably would be a pretty boring one in, in uh, uh, Uwe, Uwe Omae Wanfa. Okay, and that was also a listener question as well. Who we got the golden boot? So we've covered that. They killed two birds with one stone. Um, winning the title. Are there any kind of standouts in terms of value bets? I know we've gone through your predictions, but is there any uh, standout value there in terms of bet? I mean, just to look through it, uh, Rosenborg actually the favourites. Mulder a, a three point one. So I guess from that point of view, you've already predicted them to win it. So maybe that is your value pick. But um, is there anyone else that we should maybe be bearing in mind? I mean, maybe a ridiculous call there. Someone like Ranheim at two hundred and fifty to one, or is there a is there a Leicester City in in the markets here anywhere? Or it might as well be two two thousand to one. I still wouldn't be interested in in Ranheim. Um, uh, no, I just don't see anyone. I mean, I, just, I mean, if you a dark horse, probably would be Sarpsborg if you can even call him a dark horse. The value is probably Molder. Get the biggest price on Molder you can. Uh, bear in mind, last year, Brand led this league by seven points. So, you know, at some stage, maybe he could lay them off 
uh, if they had a big lead and, and cover yourself by backing Rosenborg mid-season or something. Uh, so, yeah, that's the, probably the one I would go with. I just don't see it. You know, there's not enough there for someone to make a, a long effort um, from mid-table and, and come up there. I just don't see it. Fair enough, fair enough. And, um, yeah, finally, uh, we have assists. And apparently, according to the markets, the best prediction for uh, top assist provider is Guillermund Assen, who we were asked about earlier, who is 3.8. Um, I see value there in Magnus Wolf, I guess. I would put them out as a Swedish, my Swedish side, 4.2. But is there anyone else that you maybe look at? I mean, we've got Erling Knudsen at fives, Bjorga Melling at six, Gilbert Coombs in the eight, Mike Jensen at nines. Anyone who sticks out to you there maybe? In terms I'd be looking of at the Wolf. Magnus Wolf Eichram for me. I think uh, he had a lot of assists um, last year in the second half of last year. Um, and he could be the, the man that just supplies an awful lot of goals for Mulder. I don't think Assen will win it at all. I just I think Rosenborg assists will come from all over the place, uh, not just one man. They've got loads of outlets now, so I don't see him winning it. He um, can go to someone random. I think Morton Gamps Pedersen won this assist uh, trophy two or three years ago for Trumso, and you never would have expected that uh, at all. It's often the key is to look at the clubs where you have someone passes to a striker all the time. Like, um, you know, when Gerard used to pass to Owen for Liverpool and stuff like that, and um, that, that they can rack up the assists that way. It, it wouldn't shock me if someone really random won this won this trophy. Interesting stuff, yeah. And I like the look of Magnus Wolf, too. Uh, one final question then, Steve, before we wrap up this show. And I think in the next show, we're going to be looking at fantasy football potentially. But uh, one other question we have from Jurgen. Hohenholm is a regular listener to the, the show. Thanks for your question, Jürgen. What are the best signings of the transfer window in Norway? I know you've briefly touched on each team and their ins and outs, but do you have a sort of top two or three signings that you've looked at and thought, yeah, game changer? God, that's a, that's put me on the spot, that one. I didn't even know that was a question. Oh, God, not off the top of my head. I'm sure with a bit more time, I probably could oh, give you a top two or three. Sorry, that and there might be time for more transfers before the window shuts at the end of the month, of course. Uh, right oh, now, it's not really a wow one for me that says that's game-changer. Are we? Uh, yeah, it's a big signing, no doubt about it. Probably a more important signing is their right-back, Christopher Harold's side. Like I said before, it plugs a really important gap for them, which has it's been a problem in, in recent years for Mulder. That. Um, that one sticks out as, as quite a good one. I tell you, he is a bloody good signing. Um, oh, he was on my uh, top 10 players to watch out for. Sean McDermott at Christiansen um, had a really great year uh, for them in 2018. But he actually left the club, John, uh, to go to Dynamo Bucharest in uh, in Romania. Uh, he only played three matches with them. And, and there was a bit of, uh, I don't know quite why they split relations. There was all sorts of talk that their manager claimed that he wasn't up to scratch but I also heard that he just wasn't settling in Romania Christiansen straight away snapped him up again I tell you that is probably going to be worth six seven goals for them at the end of the year that is how important a keeper he is for them so it's not technically a signing it's like a re-signing but I think that was a really smart piece of business for Christiansen Fair enough Big Sean there uh, is one of your key signings of this window that's all we've got time for in this show um, a bumper episode in terms of previewing the new season. Thank you very much for listening. 
Don't forget you can follow us on Twitter at Nordic Footpod, and you can like us Nordic Football Podcast, and you can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Nordic Football Podcast. We're going to be back with the North Fenscan uh, Swedish season preview soon. But for now, it's uh, myself, Jonathan Vaduba, and my co-host, Steve Wiss, signing off for the show and saying we really can't wait for the season ahead. Got some exciting stuff lined up. 2019 season in Scandinavia. Bring it on. Thank you and goodbye. Au revoir, everyone. See you around.